Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Alexis Kingsbury is a multiple business owner who strives to have a really great work-life balance. For him, networking is about connections, not sales. And he says that some of his greatest leaps forward in business have been thanks to his network. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today, Alexis. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me, Liz. Now, you're an award-winning entrepreneur with um, three businesses currently, I think. Um, have you always wanted to be a business owner? I think I have, you know. I think, embarrassingly, like, back when I was a child, I think I, uh, yeah, I always had this idea that I wanted to be this business owner entrepreneur. In fact, um, yeah, I, I think I even had the vision of bigger than Branson back when I was, like, <laughs> 12, 13, which I cringe at now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I think I always was. And when I was, uh, like, when I was around that age, I was washing cars, sweeping drives, creating newsletters and selling them and, and so on, all in a bid to try and create uh, businesses that could grow, uh, albeit that I could never work out to scale them at the time. <laughs> so it was all, always got stuck with just me. <laughs> and what was it, do you think, that, that attracted you to that, that sort of um, entrepreneurship? I think there's a few things. A few things. I think fundamentally I like building stuff. You know, if I go back even younger, I was I was always one for collecting toilet roll tubes and lemonade bottles and <laughs> strapping them together and creating like a rocket and doing all those sorts of things and um, you know, building my own treehouse. So I, I loved building things and I loved the idea of being able to build a business that could have a, a huge impact around the around the world. So I think that that was kind of got me started. And, and I did like the fact that um, it allowed me to kind of earn some money uh, uh, that was was different to just a standard job. You know, I did when I was doing it, I did a paper round and that got me like £13 a week. Mm -hmm. And I remember one particular Christmas, there was a, a deal that the, the local paper did where for every new subscription I could sell, I got like another amount of money. And mm. I thought, this is fantastic. This is this is great. And so I made, I like, literally went door to door selling this uh, subscription to around the village. And I think I like doubled the paper round <laughs> and made a load of money and thought, this is fantastic. And then, of course, the very following week, I've now got to deliver twice as many papers <laughs> and didn't get paid anymore. And I thought, oh, hang on. <laughs> so uh, I knew that um, perhaps being an employed person uh, was, was not always going to jar with me slightly, perhaps, <laughs> in the long term. So what has your career journey been sort of from, from leaving school? Have you always worked for yourself or have you have you been employed too? I've been employed multiple times and actually it turns out I'm I'm a good employee uh, from the employer's perspective, uh, typically because very early on I like to find out what is it that good or great looks like, what are, what are you going to score me on the basis of and let me optimise for that. <laughs> and so, uh, so I, you know, I've, I've worked at... I worked at a garden centre. I've worked. Uh, I worked for DHL for a while, and initially helping them on the kind of IT support side, and then mm -hmm. going into performance management and coaching and training and all sorts of different areas. There, I uh, then 
when I finished university, I went and became management consulting at PA Consulting, where I was working with large organisations like Honda and AstraZeneca and the uh, UK government and so on, essentially helping them solve their biggest problems and seeing how they worked at scale, which turns out it's people and processes, which uh, neither did I put in place back when I was washing cars <laughs> and, and, and selling headsets and all these sorts of things. So, uh, so no, I have, I have had multiple jobs, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, in many ways, in between all of those, I was always starting little businesses along the side. Yeah. And so although you sort of knew from an early age that you that you wanted to be self-employed, did you know what kind of field you ultimately wanted to work in? Not really. No, I think I mean, um, I think when I was probably about sort of 15, I started doing some of the online type business area and I found that really fascinating. Mm. Uh, the first thing I did was create a PlayStation fan site where I found that I could get paid just for having banners on the website. That's back when you could get paid for mm. impressions rather than clicks. And so I thought it was amazing that as a essentially as a child, I could get a $75 check uh, for, for creating a website about something I loved. Um, and so, yeah, so I think I, I probably did think that at some point I would build online, you know, big online businesses and, um, so I then went into, when I was at uni, I was selling headsets, I was building and selling computers and providing support on things like Wi-Fi. And so, I, yeah, it was, it always felt like it was going to be technology focused. Mm. That was, that was always something that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. Now tell me about Parentpreneur. It, it's a business that you no longer run, but it, it does still exist, doesn't it? That's right. Yeah. So that was the result of uh, I was asked to speak at some events on how to set up a business. And those events were particularly targeted at um, mainly mumpreneurs and mm -hmm. but a few dadpreneurs as well. So people who are, you know, typically got young children and are looking to start businesses mm -hmm. and they don't want to spend all the hours in their week and loads of savings trying to make a business succeed at the expense of their families. Yeah. And that was that was an experience that I had had building my businesses whilst also raising two small children. And uh, so I, I spoke at some events. They It went down really well. I got asked, you know, can you provide coaching and further support? And at the time, I was already running two other businesses. <laughs> so I said, not directly, but give me some time. And I created the Parentpreneur Accelerator, which was a, a podcast plus um, online coaching program that were, was then able to kind of serve. Uh, I think we ended up working with about 50 different uh, startup owners mm. who were, um, uh, yeah, helping them to either make their business successful or fail it quickly without <laughs> spending a lot of time or money uh, whilst getting to spend time with the people that they love. And, and so that was, that was something that we, um, we set up for a while, ran that. Uh, then when uh, COVID hit, I really needed to focus on my other businesses. And mm -hmm. so I kind of paused a lot of the work I was doing there. Uh, but then, um, yeah, met someone then a few months or a year later who was looking to do something in that area. And it felt like a really, really good fit. So with, um, with uh, Michael Kittinger, who's now uh, bought that business and, and is now running it himself, um, with uh, yeah, and, and picking up the baton and running with it. Brilliant. So in 2010, you started up two businesses, uh, Bridging Insight and Spider Gap. Tell me about those and what those businesses do. 
Yeah, so when I stopped being a management consultant and handed in my notice and uh, started a business with my co-founder Paddy, uh, the first business was Bridging Insight, and that was essentially us being consultants uh, to uh, large businesses. So we had clients like IMI PLC and AstraZeneca and Sony, um, uh, and we're working with them to kind of help them improve collaboration, improve ways of working. But the aim was always that in the background, we would try and find a problem that we could solve using technology. Mm. And so the idea was to create a software, you know, some kind of software business. So we iterated and lots of different things and eventually ended up with Spider Gap after lots of um, <laughs> very quick failures or, or ideas that we pursued and then and then killed nice and early. Uh, but SpiderGet was really kind of started to get some traction. And uh, but we did have to pivot a lot until we really found our focus and both in terms of our, our purpose of SpiderGap and our big why, which centered around our love for um, personal development, both mm. of ourselves, but also of uh, other employees and team members and wanting to really support other organizations with doing a great job of that and making that easy and making that continuous. And so that's why we we sort of more and more focused on SpiderGap and it became a 360 degree feedback tool. Uh, initially, it started much broader than that, but we got really focused and as a result became the, the top rated 360 degree feedback tool globally, uh, now used by over 550 organizations around the world, including companies like 3M and PwC, Swarovski, Pepsi, and, and so on. Wow, um, fantastic. Now, your your most recent business is is Air Manual. What does this one do? <laughs> yeah, so an, another software business, although we do have some consultants in the team that, that support our clients in, in getting the, really getting the, the, the benefits uh, from, from what they do. And that is a business that was born out of a challenge that we were having in Spider Gap, where as we were growing the team, we were finding that we, Paddy and I, were stuck in the business. We mm. were um, really sort of struggling to free up our time. Uh, we started to document processes and guidance and onboarding and training and so on, and hand it over to the teams. But it was clunky. It was hard for them to follow and find. They found it difficult to update or create their own. And so we were kind of really stuck, uh, if um, often in the day-to-day, -day, but certainly in the week-to-week. -week. And what we realized is what we need is a really easy tool to use that brings everything together, all the, you know, how you run the business all in one place so that you don't just have piles of Word documents and PowerPoint files all, all over the place. Bring it all into one place, make it really easy and interactive to follow and make it really quick to make changes so that if someone's halfway through a process like I don't know doing your R&D tax claim or whatever mm -hmm. and you go and you realize oh there's a step missing here or we shouldn't do it like that you want the employee to be able to quickly make a change and not have to make a note that oh yes I'll come back maybe in a week or two and try and remember to make that improvement so we uh, so we really had the, uh, out of that problem that we faced in our own business we decided that we'd create air manual and so air manual now is a as a tool for documenting processes and onboarding and, and all your policies and so on uh, in documents that are really sort of interactive, easy to use, easy to update. And what's been amazing is that when we first showed it to other business owners, they said, oh, this is fantastic. I totally need this in my business. Uh, can you give me access? And we would sign them up, set them up. And then two weeks later, they've done nothing. <laughs> 
And it was so frustrating because, of course, you look at, we'd look at the tool and go, but the tool's like so easy to use. It's like, you know, some people have described it as like, oh, it's like power word, but <laughs> easier to use. Like, and you just go, why isn't, why isn't this immediate? And I think what we came to realize through speaking to, uh, speaking to those business owners is that sometimes, although it's counterintuitive, you just struggle to make the time to free yeah. up time yeah. and you and you struggle to make the time to put systems in place to reduce mistakes that end up taking you hours and hours and hours and that you know tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of pounds and yet we just don't carve that time out mm-hmm. and so what we started doing was um these sort of done with you calls initially with me and now with consultants on our team to to get that time with the business owner and their and their leadership team to actually implement some of the stuff mm. and what's what's been amazing I, I um i liken it a bit to like having a personal trainer in theory we all know how to lose weight and be yeah. fit you know yeah. and look like gods right <laughs> and yet we don't how many do of it, us yeah. do yeah. <laughs> yeah whereas if you've got a regular appointment with a friend or a personal trainer every saturday morning you're much more likely to succeed yeah yeah. And so we found that by having a consultant on our team that supports those business owners through a few series of calls, then we could achieve amazing results. And what, yeah. what was fantastic for me to see was that, you know, back when I was a management consultant working with companies, you know, 15 years ago, it was a expensive for them. They were paying thousands of pounds per day and the team of us would be there for months, like full time. And yet we were, and yet, you know, fast track 15 years to what we're doing with Air Manual and we're able in three hours of spending time between a business owner and one consultant to save a business owner 15 hours per week. Yeah. yeah. And it just, the results that you get are phenomenal. Like, that, and that's a real example based on one particular business owner who I spoke to him and he said, you know, I'm spent, I'm working 60 hours a week. I've got no time. I've not even got time to think about how to free up my time. He said that, you know, I've got one particular process that's taking me three hours per day and I know I need to document it and hand it over to someone over else, but I've just not made the time to do yeah. it. And I, I suspect it'd take me about eight hours. And I said uh, on the call, I said, well, we've got 45 minutes left. Let's see what we can do. And we got the entire process documented in 45 minutes. And then in a subsequent call, got it handed over to his team. And the, the amazing thing was that not only did it save him 15 hours per week, but the, that particular process was um, doing uh, price quotes for customers. So mm-hmm. a customer would ask for a quote and they'd give the give the pricing. And he said that the biggest impact was that previously it was taking him two to three days to rest- respond to those mm-hmm. requests for quotes. And instead now his team were able to respond in an hour, which of course, yeah. you know, you imagine that you contact two printing companies and yep. one comes back in an hour and yep. one comes back in three days. Like immaterial of price, what which mm-hmm. one are you going to go with? Yeah, <laughs> like, quite, yeah, um, yeah. And so it's those kind of incredible results that you can get when you invest the time in this area, but often it's so hard to do so, right? Just because you're so caught up in the day to day. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's true of, of lots and lots of businesses. And sometimes it's it's having that accountability element as well, isn't it? If you know you've got a call with somebody, you better have done what you said you were going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and in in fact, uh, we we often say that even if you're you know even if you're kind of doing doing it yourself, if you like, with our tool and with the guides we provide, you know, we recommend just having a check in with someone mm. like ideally in our team, but someone that, just to make sure that you're making yeah. that progress and investing it because it is incredible. Like as long as you put in you know an hour a week, 
the the time savings that you can get back is phenomenal and ultimately as a business owner like your responsibility is basically work out what works like find you know what product sells really well or what marketing channel works well for you or what sales pitch mm -hmm. or what price find out what works and then rep uh, turn that into something that can be delegated to someone else and repeated yeah and then you that freezes you up with time that means you can work out what works in some other area, yeah. another marketing channel or whatever. And the problem is that so many business owners, including myself, like particularly back in those days, like 13, 14, 15, remember how I like I would, <laughs> I was doing car washing and so on. And I'd end up so busy with washing all the cars. I didn't have time to get any other clients. Yep. <laughs> and of course, if I'd been smarter or if I had listened to this podcast back then, what I'd have done is said, well, hang on, I've, I, I know how to wash the cars. That's the easy bit. Like, let me now turn that into some training. Let me find some people that can do that. And that'll free me up to go and sell more opportunities to yep. wash the cars every week. And if I had done that, like I'd have been able to scale the business. And so that's the, uh, ultimately that's the responsibility of the business owner is to keep on playing that game, keep on switching between find out what works and then systemize and scale it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is something that you've already sort of touched on before, but uh, I know you're very keen on on your work family balance. And in fact, the last time you and I spoke to each other, you were on a massive road trip with your family throughout the summer. So Tell me how that went. Where did you go? How did it work? How did the kids get on? Just tell me all about it. Oh, it was incredible. So, yeah, so with my wife and two kids aged six and eight, uh, over the summer holidays, we took a, we rented a motorhome and drove down through England, over on the Eurotunnel, down through France, uh, stopping at various places on the way, theme parks and water parks for the kids. We visited uh, the chateaus and went through the Loire Valley and uh, then down and stayed for a, a, about a week in the Dordogne, across to Rocamador and down to Carcassonne and then down uh, eventually down to Spain and through the Bay of Roses, Barcelona and then across to uh, the La Rioja region before getting the uh, the ferry back from Santander back to the UK. And so all in all, that was six weeks wow. together in that in that motorhome. Uh, we absolutely loved it. We, of course, we were worried that we'd be fed up of each other. <laughs> yeah. And yet it didn't happen. It was, if anything, it brought us so much closer. Mm. It was so nice to do that. Um, and so, yeah, and it was just, uh, yeah, the amazing experiences, both for us, but also for the kids, were just phenomenal and priceless. And uh, yeah, it's a whole day of a lifetime, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the the nice thing was, you know, being able to be out of the business and not need to be available. Yeah. You know, so, so many business owners that I know and we've worked with, well, they'd struggle to be out of the business even a few days without having to be on the email and have phone calls and uh, respond to texts. And it was just nice that, you know, my amazing team were able to keep everything going, deal with all the issues all while I'm gone. And so um, that's not to say I didn't do any work. I did, but mm. it was work I wanted to do rather than needed to do. Yeah. For example... Uh, we're a globally remote team, so I've got I happen to have a couple of team members who are based in Spain, and so I did meet up with them yeah. uh, as part of the trip. Uh, one for dinner in Barcelona, uh, and one for a few days while we were in uh, Logroño and La Rioja, and um, yeah, it's like, but that's great fun. Like that's 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 the kind of work you want to be doing as yeah. a business owner, <laughs> rather than rather than the stuff that you don't.
Yeah. And I guess that's all possible because of exactly what you've been talking about. You've got systems and processes that you've put in place that you can hand on to somebody else and you don't need to be involved in it on a day to day basis. Exactly right. Yeah. It means that uh, firstly, I have systematically worked through all of the activities that I was doing in the business, looking at, okay, what am I having to do every day? And then what am I having to do every week? And what am I having to do every month? And documenting them as a series of easy to follow checklists Mm. and handing them over to a team member and making it easy for them to see, here's all the processes that I need you to follow. Here's how frequently you need to follow them. Here's when they were last done. Here's therefore when the next needs to be done, handed over, here's the steps, and then they can follow it. And any questions they have, I, you know, I go, oh, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, here's the answer. Okay, now please update the checklist. Yeah. And I never get asked that question again. Yeah. Even if I uh, replace that uh, staff member the because it's now in the guidance. Yeah. yeah. And so that was one of the big changes for us. When we started following that approach, we never repeated mistakes. We never got repeated questions. And initially, you don't get a huge amount of benefit, but that, that benefit quickly stacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the, the, the fast benefit I was getting was like, I remember bringing in the finance administrator and within two days of her starting, and note that she had zero finance experience, her background, she was a, a maths grad, but she, I hand, we handed over the checklist and it meant that within two days she was saving me a day a week uh, and because she was then able to take that over. And then within two weeks she was saving me two and a half days a week. Yeah. And so it was just like, and, and, and not just the time saved per week, but it, she was doing tasks that the business couldn't operate efficiently and effectively if they weren't done on a fairly regular basis. Mm. You know, paying your suppliers, paying your employees, yeah. um, you know, do, doing payroll and uh, uh, and processing invoices and chasing payments. All of those things, sure, you can skip for a few days, but if you skip for a few weeks, then you're in trouble. Yeah. And the nice thing is that all of that stuff just happens without me needing to be watching and observing. And it's not even just about the ability for someone to do that task. It's the ability for that to be managed easily. Yeah. You know, it, it, they, there is a process dashboard that shows all of these processes and when they most need, when they next need to be run and are flagged if there's anything that's not done, which makes it easy for both the employee and the, in that case, finance team to see what needs doing and whether there are any balls getting dropped and so on. So just, it makes it so relaxed by comparison, you know, it removes all that stress. And it means, it means that I'm also not leaving things like, you know, getting your confirmation statement done or renewing your insurance or Mm -hmm. remembering to do a pay review for, for an employee because it's their one year anniversary in the company, you know, all those sorts of things that need doing, and it's pretty bad if they're not done and the risk can be quite high and, and the cost can be high. Just having the confidence that all those things happen in my absence yeah, yeah is hugely freeing. So are you now planning another trip with the family? Not yet. Um, we're actually instead, we're currently going through the process of um, purchasing a bit of a, a project in the form of a house. Mm. And so at the moment, it was quite funny because we, we booked all the six-week trip before... Uh, even contemplating that um, uh, that uh, the the house purchase, mm. um, and it's a good job that the the purchase got delayed due to uh, various factors, because uh, otherwise we'd have been quite frustrated that we weren't getting to to work on the house. Mm. But um, yeah, we're going to be doing quite significant things for that. So I can actually imagine us taking six weeks 
to do house stuff yeah you know doing gardening and building the extension and redecorating and so on because my my wife's a a very um talented uh uh, designer as a sort of hobby rather than Mm -hmm. a job um and as a result like i can totally imagine as just as a family spending six months just or sorry six weeks (laughs) maybe that freudian slip of six months is (laughs) yeah that's that's the next challenge um but i can totally imagine us doing like a six-week think period where we yeah we're just sort of really focus on that and and work together to to do some amazing stuff there so maybe that next time but um yeah i'm also up for other ideas of holidays and trips i'd be i'd be very happy doing another trip across france and spain it's uh uh one thing one things i learned over those six weeks aside from the fact that my french is much better than my spanish um (laughs) is that there's a a whole lot more we could have done in both places Yeah, yeah Yeah, plenty to see. So let's let's chat a bit about networking now then and how you use networking as a, a tool for your businesses. Yeah, so it's something that I, in the past I probably shied away from doing very consciously. I think that uh, I always felt like networking was a, as a kind of icky thing that felt very <laughs> salesy. Um, and yet the reality is, it, when done right, is kind of the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've been to so many networking events and seen such a variety of approach, approaches. And actually the approach that work, I find works on me and others the least is what seems to be the most professional. Like someone who comes in with a really slick patter and a deck of business cards and, you know, seems to be really focused and da da da. Like they don't, the risk is that they don't create the rapport. Yeah. And actually, I found that the most effective networking comes from going and meeting people, connecting with them personally, and seeing who you get on with and, and finding those people that you've got that affinity. You know, when you when you feel like you're having that great conversation and you're sort of vibing off each other and going, oh, yeah, and absolutely and totally aligned. Yeah. Uh, those are the people that then can turn into, uh, you know, uh, op- um, uh, collaboration opportunities. That said, well, and, and not just collaboration opportunities, actually, but the one of the other things that I've seen is amazing is when you do kind of... Um, when you're at least able to explain what you do fairly coherently and particularly when you're able to describe who you help and the results that you get, what I've seen is that other people can then be great and, and it varies, like it's definitely a certain skill set, but there are some people that are then great at connecting you. You know, they're the mm-hmm. ones that go and meet someone else and go, ooh, you've got this problem. Let me introduce you to Alexis. He helps you know, sort yeah. out pro- your processes and be more efficient as a team for your time. You should have a chat. And then they follow up on that. And that's been amazing. There are there are a few people that I have met that do such an incredible job of that, that it just astounds me. And and I, I feel bad that my brain often doesn't work like that. <laughs> I, I'm not... I'm not as good at immediately thinking, ooh, here's a person that I can connect you with. I think it's partly my consultant brain where I go more to let me help you come up with a solution <laughs> rather than let me connect you, let, let me refer you to someone else. Um, perhaps because I'm trying to be helpful and yet I'd probably be more helpful by connecting them to someone else. So I think, um, I think that's one of the things I've seen with networking is by being friendly and being authentic and and yourself like you can create some really good connections and then yeah I think the key is not to expect results too quickly Mm. I think if you're going there thinking oh I might pick up three or four sales I think it's it's the mistake 
And, and I certainly in the past, I went to events kind of thinking, oh, maybe I'll try networking to get some sales. And I found that now whenever I go to those events, I just treat it in the same way as if I was going to a pub quiz with some friends. Mm-hmm. It's like go, go and chat and you know, ask what they do. What if, if there's someone that you've not met before, asking what do they do and, and ask some interesting questions to dig and then share a little bit about what you do. And then again, connect on stuff that, uh, that you both enjoy or are aligned on uh, to do that. And I've, I've found that that then works better. I must admit, I don't do a lot of it in terms of going to networking events, partly because I'm very fortunate to have a great network of people who do proactively connect me as a result of mm. doing a load of that. So yeah. it's it's one of those things that when you after you've done it for a little while, it really does build up a kind of flywheel of of results that um, <laughs> that I've even had weeks where I go, oh, okay, wow, I seem to be talking to fifteen new people this <laughs> this week <laughs> in my calendar, which is fantastic, uh, but uh, doesn't make me need immediately feel a need to uh, to jump out to a load of networking events in addition. So, um, but it does vary. Yeah. I imagine you don't have a great deal of time to be going out to events, do you, with all these businesses that you run? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, actually, that's probably where I do spend most of my time. Um, I, because, I think because I've set up the team so that they're doing the running. Yeah. Um, you know, even uh, even like for SpiderGap, for example, my, my the leadership team that have set up there with their processes around they, how they do the six monthly and quarterly planning, which is literally going on while we're talking right now that the rest of the, you know I, was, I joined that call bef- uh, before we started speaking and then left them to it and and they're doing that so a lot of the time I'm yeah I am actually going out and going to events either presenting running workshops um or yeah or or, uh, or learning myself and and looking how I can sharpen uh, sharpen the saw myself to to get greater results so um, yeah, actually, I'd, I'd probably spend most of my time at the events of masterminds rather than anything else. And all of those, of course, are great opportunities for networking, even if it's not billed as an as a as a networking meeting, aren't they? Well, indeed, and so I suppose that's what you know. When I, it's funny when I think, oh, do I go to networking meetings? It's like, well, yes, I do. And then, of course, there are loads of events, whether yeah. it's mastermind meetings, etc., that are actually great opportunities for networking. And 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 I think ultimately, if I think back to the best results I've had in my business, the biggest leap forwards have come from those connections. They've come from strategic partnerships. They've come from networks that I have built yeah. predominantly through some form of networking and referrals and conversations. Yeah, absolutely. So just finally then, if listeners are interested in finding out more about you or the businesses that you run, um, Bridging Insight, Spider Gap, Air Manual or anything else you might want to set up in, in the meantime, what's <laughs> what's the best place for people to find you, Alexis? Yeah, so I'm uh, on most social media platforms, so particularly uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. You can find me. I'm Alexis Kingsbury. Uh, I'm the one that's male. Uh, and uh, co-founder of Air Manual. <laughs> and actually that, that first uh, description probably helps to filter quite a lot. Um, and uh, the, yeah, the other thing I'd recommend is that if anyone's uh, perhaps struggling with uh, building business, freeing up their time, reducing mistakes, getting team members up to speed and performing well, uh, I am running a uh, webinar um, every Wednesday 
on uh, that very topic and people can find that by going to airmanual.co and then at the top you can click on resources and you'll find various resources including the webinar but also some ebooks and things that uh, people might find useful and that's a free webinar that people can can join and learn more about exactly how we've applied these structures in the business and uh, as, and how they can be used by other businesses to, to free up their time reduce mistakes get people up to speed faster Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for being my guest today and uh, best of luck with the uh, the house that you're renovating and, uh, and planning your next trip because I'm, I'm sure you're going to do that too. Brilliant. Yeah, no, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.